Welcome to the Corporate Treasury 101 podcast. This is the second part of our full interview with Chris Van Dale, where we discuss the different certifications out there and their relevance. Chris is a seasoned treasury professional with over 25 years of experience. He worked his way up from treasury analyst to group treasurer in various countries before founding his consultancy and training firm, Kugavadi. Kugavadi, founded by Chris in 2014, specializes in consultancy and training services for corporate treasury and transaction banking. In the episode of today, expect to learn what are the main treasury certifications available worldwide who delivers treasury certifications, what are some key differences and similarities between these certifications, is there a certain certification that is more recognized or preferred in the industry, what kind of commitments, time, study, examinations, does each certification require, and much more. Chris is simply very fun to talk to, and as a former trainer of a renowned treasury certification himself, he is very knowledgeable about the topic. We hope you will enjoy the episode. And if that is the case, and when you think about how you found our podcast, chances are that it was through word of mouth, social media, or a recommendation from your favorite podcast platform. And this is our request to you. The only way we can get more and more amazing guests and get more people to learn about treasury is thanks to you. So if you enjoy what you hear and maybe learn a thing or two, please consider following the show, leaving us a review, or sharing this episode to help others discover it too. With all that being said, please welcome Chris Van Dale. Chris, I think it's time. Let's let's deep dive into those treasury certification. So maybe uh-huh. to begin with, what are the treasury certifications out there? Then I want to touch upon how do you train for them, who delivers those, the key differences and so on. But to begin with, what is out there? So I think we mentioned CTP, uh, Certified Treasury Professional in the US, delivered by the IFP, if my understanding is correct. Yes. And then we mentioned right, yes. several delivered by the ACT. So, so yeah, ANCT, MCT, let's break those down. And yes. you mentioned a few that are more local as well. The RT Correct. for Dutch markets. Uh-huh. Go on. You've already mentioned most of them. You have in the US the certificate, the Certified Treasury Professional, the CTP, yeah. mainly for the US. Uh, in the Netherlands, you have the Register Treasurer, the RT, Registered Treasurer, which is actually not issued by a professional association, but by a university the Free University of Amsterdam. And in the in Australia, they've recently started the Certificate in Corporate Treasury, the CCTA as well, which is very interesting for that market because it's um, so far away. It's very good to have their own um, certificate there as well. And those are the certification, uh, certifications that are more uh, one-off you know, of their professional cert- uh, association. When we go to the ACT, they actually have a whole breadth of treasury certifications from limited ones, small ones, starter certifications, all the way to the way up. So as we said, they have their award in cash management, they have their certificate in international cash management, their certificate in treasury fundamentals, the certificate in treasury, and then the AMCT, which is officially called Diploma in Treasury Management, and the MCT, which is the Advanced Diploma in Treasury Management. Okay, and this is so, when you become a big, big boss. This is the MCT is when you are 
a group treasurer or already or very close to being a group treasurer. But there are more. There are very more regional ones and smaller ones as well. There is a, 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 a QT, a qualified treasurer in the Netherlands as well. Here and there, there are some small ones as well. But if you look globally and the ones that are really stand out that you want in your CV, those are probably the ones to have. Super interesting. Do, let's say I have an MCT. So in the UK, I will be, I will be the, the god walking amongst humans uh, of treasury. Mm-hmm. Does that hold the same value in the US? It depends on the treasurer and the recruitment department of the company company in the U.S. whether they actually know of the ACT and the MCT. The interesting thing is when when you look at job adverts for senior treasury manager, director treasury, group treasurer in the U.S., their requirement is usually what academic background do you need to have. It usually says MBA or CTP. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It doesn't mention it. It doesn't mention any of the European or overseas qualifications. Very American, of course. Definitely. And but the interesting thing is, and this is what people want that listen uh, to this podcast in the US. You want to become a senior member in Treasury in the US, and it says MBA or CTP. And MBA is a hundred thousand dollars plus, or a good one. Yeah, a CTP is less than two thousand dollars. That's so for the, uh, for for investments, uh, the choice is easy for me. So uh, let me get this straight: a recruiter or a group treasurer, when they will be looking at their next treasury professional to add to their team, they will value a CTP almost as much as an MBA. But when they, I be don't think it's the, I don't think it's they value it. I don't think it's the same. I think an MBA is is much it's, more, and and that's exactly it. An MBA is much more. An MBA shows what kind of business acumen, strategic thinking, commercial thinking you have throughout your organization. Yeah. Which means you can probably take on treasury if you have some treasury experience. A CTP really shows that you know your treasury. Super interesting. Okay. Yeah. So maybe moving on, before moving on to the next question, I think we, we didn't mention... One more point on that, but it's really interesting. Sorry, just came to my mind. I've seen, and I've had this because I worked for US corporate in Europe, when U.S. corporates are recruiting in Europe, uh, they want to set up a treasury hub in London for the whole of Europe, and it's a U.S. corporate, they often advertise it CTP preferred, even though the role is in Europe. Interesting. So if you work in Europe and you want to work for American companies or North American companies, CTP might be very nice to have. Interesting. And when you think the, when you think about the fact that treasury is very big in the U.S. and mm-hmm. U.S. companies because of the amount of cash there is there and the, the difference in tricacies. Yeah. Uh-huh. CTP could be a very interesting one, even if you're based in Europe. Right. Super interesting. I think we didn't touch upon financial risk management. I believe there is a certification in there, Chris. Or there is, something sorry. To think. Yes, yes. It's, it is financial risk management, so the FRM certification, mm-hmm. you know, which is very specialized. Is this very useful in treasury? Yes, it definitely would be but only for a certain amount of people. It's very, very technical. It's very mathematical. And this would only be good for most, even in most corporates. It's nice to have. And if that's what you like, yeah, and that's what you want to do, it's good, but it's very technical. And this probably makes sense if you work for a billion-dollar company, a GE, a, a, a Shell, and you are on the trading desk and you really do risk management, yeah, then it might definitely be worth it. 
On that second note, that there's another certification we call the BPRM, Bank Treasury Risk Management, which is really for people working in financial services, uh, asset liability risk, uh, market risk, uh, you know, which for some people in corporate treasury, it might actually make sense to take that if that's what mm -hmm. your work is, or maybe that's just what you like to do. Love it. So either, I mean, obviously the fundamental reason should always be you like it and you want to specialize in it. But uh, my, my consulting senses are articulate as well. It could be super interesting to have a, a qualification in RFRM because then you are extremely valuable for all things financial risk management. And you can bring in that expertise. Because I know a lot of consultants in treasury after a few years also take mm -hmm. treasury applications to, you know, be, be of higher value right. for the cooperation of the clients. Yeah. Super interesting. Okay. That's for the nice part. Let, let's get into the nitty gritty. How do you actually train and obtain those certifications what what does it take most of these certifications are now virtual i think all of them now thanks to COVID as well <laughs> so most of it it is self-study so you go to the website of the professional organization you register you pay your fees they will send you the pdf uh, syllabus or uh in, with, with the ctp you can actually go to amazon and buy the book you can even buy that without doing ctp you can just buy the book it's very simple and it's a self-study, more or less. Yeah, lovely. Um, and <laughs> that's that's very nice. But the professional associations are assisting you as well. With the CTP, you can buy an additional learning module mm -hmm. to get access to the learning module of the AFP that helps you in your study with practice questions, case studies help you, you know, and so forth. CTP the same way. They have their, their learning platform uh, where you can ask questions to a tutor, you can have one-to-ones with a tutor. Yeah, there might be webinars. There might be sessions as well with other students. But mostly it is a self-study. Now, that especially is for the ACT. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes the ACT uh, offers in-house courses. So if you have a corporate or you're a bank and you want to train 20 people, uh, 15 people, but most corporates don't have that many people that want to do the same qualification at the same way. But for example, banks... A lot of transaction banks do actually do in-house courses from the ACT. The AFP have a different model. They actually allow third-party training institutions to train for the CTP certification. Interesting. So you might, so you might find wherever you are, whichever country you're in, that there is a training institute that actually delivers CTP training and qualification. I want to have a separate uh, part of this episode for the whole cost. But now that we are touching upon it, when you pay your treasury certification to the treasury association, ACT, mm -hmm. AFP, uh, whichever you choose, you do not only pay for the actual stamp on your CV, but you pay for the training materials that you yet have to take alone and study alone. Yes. Well, it's you pay for the training first okay. to get the book. And then once you pass, you have normally have to pay again. And of course, you have to pass the exam. You know, oh, yeah. There's always an exam. Most exams now are virtual. You either have to go to a testing center or you do it um, from home with your webcam on. And they have this AI uh, in the background to see that you're not cheating. But uh, yes. Yeah. But you pay normally to take the exam. You get the course materials. Uh, and if you want to um, uh, pay some extra for training, or it might be included as well. Okay. Well, let's not spoil the pleasure and let's not say how much uh, it costs yet, but definitely further down this episode, I want to touch upon this. 
the programs out there basically will be you pay for your book, very expensive book. If you study yourself and then you take the exam. For the AFP, you have those kind of agreements with other training institutions that can help you study for it. What are the key differences between those different certifications? Because at the end of the day, a US-based company will value more a CTP, a UK or Europe-based will probably value more um, certification from the ACT. What are the key differences and similarities when we actually look at the contents of what is delivered in those Mm -hmm. certifications? Although that the core, it's probably the same. Cash management, risk management, financial risk management, uh, you know, uh, funding, debt equity markets, and so forth. They are all tailored to their own markets. Yeah, very much. So the ACT used to be extremely British. Recently, they have now tried to make it more international because the ACT wants to also expand, gets more students from, from, from overseas as well. So it's less British than it used to be. And they get now quite a few uh, students from international as well. But still, very British and European because they focus a lot on the Eurozone and everything. The CTP, it's very specific on the US. Yeah. And you, therefore, you get a lot more understanding of the specific differences within the US cash management landscape. For those that know, issues like lockboxes, uh, positive pay, reverse positive pay. Uh, and you learn how the Fed works with all the little Feds in all the states. How does mon- monetary policy work there? So it's very much U.S. focused. Once again, they now have expanded it to a larger section. On there's also something outside the U.S. called International Treasury, but very much U.S. focused. Which again, if you work for a U.S. Com- a U.S. company in Europe, but you have to deal a lot with your U.S. counterparties to learn about that, was very good. I remember I was working in Europe, and I was moved by my company to the U.S. Yeah, and I suddenly had all these words about lockbox, positive pay, reverse positive pay, check 101, HCH fraud, and yeah, no clue. But then I took CTP and it actually helped me a lot to understand. Yeah, also they're thinking about international credit. Yeah, so it's it can help. As we said, the ACT is getting much more international, but in essence, still British. Yeah, yeah it makes a lot of sense. And we have. So what I'm what I'm a bit wondering about is. All countries, obviously, and regions have their regulations, own uh-huh. tax constraints, legal constraints, and so on and yes. so forth. In what you say, I hear that the U.S. type of certifications or the CTP will take that a little bit more into account, which makes sense because the USA is also such a gigantic market. Right. Do the treasury certification take that into account? I mean, obviously, we are not tax people, nor uh-huh. lawyers or legal people, but... Do they include this in the training, like giving a bit of a flavor of, okay, if you put a cash pool in place, an international one, you might have lending agreement and transfer pricing restrictions. This is a big part of treasury. Treasury and tax yeah. and regulations are so much intertwined and you can't do anything in treasury without any regulatory or tax influence. So uh, all treasury certifications take this into account, especially when they talk about international treasury. Now, the moment you start touching with international treasury and whether it's the CERT ICM, Certificate International Tr- Cash Management, or the AMCT, that's large sections on the latest tax developments, transfer pricing, regulatory and developments as well, as well as latest technology developments. And this is the chapter that gets updated every two to three years. Yeah? Especially now with fintech, it's 
it's crazy. And so once again, you anticipate my questions. That's amazing. So how do those treasury certifications keep up to date with the latest trends, latest innovations? I mean, mm -hmm. obviously in the treasury department, at least a, a major, half major one, they will have a TMS in place. They will have automations in place. They will have systems that help them mm -hmm. from their daily tasks, which might require them a little bit less knowledge on the actual nitty-gritty and more, uh -huh. I don't know, project management skills, for instance, or as you mentioned earlier, people skills. But so how do those treasury certification take all this mm -hmm. into account? Yeah. So they, when they republish a new version of the treasury certification, that syllabus probably stays out for about three to four years because it takes too long to update it. CERT ICM was recently updated in 2021. Yeah. To make it with all the latest, what is fintech, how does fintech work, blockchain, crypto, how does blockchain work in treasury, all that is now incorporated, but the world goes so fast. And therefore, once you are a student member of the, of the association, you get access to all their publications on their, on their websites. They will have webinars. There will be almost like site updates as well to keep you up to date with the latest developments. And I think that's one of the, other benefit part that I haven't thought about, but actually could be a good one. Very often you only get access to the full website of the Treasury Association once you are a member, once you are certified. Interesting. And once you are certified, you can get their research reports, their market updates, latest um, updates on technology developments, crypto, and, and, and so forth. Wow. So any other certifications? As soon as you pay for the training and you validate your exam, you pass your exam, Mm -hmm. You you have access for life to the latest publications and uh, different. Hold on, hold on. It is for <laughs> life as long as you pay every year. Yes. Oh, there is another fee. Okay. That's the, yes. And this is also Great. the good thing about this certification, different from your university degree. University degree is once for life. For professional qualifications, you need to certify every year, or in the CTP every four years, I believe, that you have taken enough training. Yeah, uh, you have to have, you have scored enough points so that you can maintain your qualification. <laughs> okay, how much, how much of a default is that? Because if you need to refresh and retake exams every year, that's, that's quite heavy, right? But, it, but it's not an exam. You need to, for example, CTP, you need 36 points every four years. Um, and every one hour of training or study is one point, I think. But if you go to a conference, you go to Eurofinance, you go to the ACT annual conference, you go to the ASP annual conference, that's three days. That's already 15 points out of your 36. Yeah. Um, that's amazing. And, then you can, and for the ACT, AFP, you can get points by being a member of another association. You can get points for working in treasury uh, and so forth. Um, you, can, you can get points by getting going through training. They often have webinars that are CTP, CPD certified. So you listen to a webinar, you get confirmation, you attended the one hour webinar, and that's then again another point. So it's not like you have to study again, but they want to make sure that people that have their professional qualifications are up to date. Yeah. Uh, and, and not outdated. That's very smart and also a very good business model. <laughs> yeah. Do they, out of curiosity, Chris, do you know if podcasts, listening to podcasts could help you get CPD points or? If you contact the ACT or you contact the AFP and you get your podcast certified for CPD points, mm -hmm. then they might get one point for every podcast that you listen to, as long as wow. it's at least 45 minutes or 50 minutes. 
Yeah, we are talking. Okay, let's make sure we talk for still another half an hour, Chris. <laughs> sure. Well, well that's very interesting. Okay, good to know. So how do this, um, because the, I wanted to touch upon this as well. So you get, you get kind of credits for every treasury knowledge actions you take throughout your, throughout your career, throughout your year. So attending to a webinar, attending to a conference, participating into maybe panel discussions, all this kind of stuff. Uh-huh. What is, what is out there? What can we do to make sure we, once we graduate from that and we obtain that certification, uh-huh. we keep it. It's uh, staying um, staying up to date. So listening to webinars, uh, going to conferences, uh, following treasury training, yeah, and very often internal in-house trainings are also certified. In my work, everybody in whole finance, we had a huge one-day session on working capital in our company because it's treasury related and you can prove that you did it because you probably got an invitation from HR department, then you can prove and you can use that. Yeah, and, and staying up to date. So doing some quizzes. Yeah, sometimes there's a quiz, and when you pass the quiz, ten questions, multiple choice, you get another one point. It's all these little things. Okay. Yeah, that's um. And usually, you you do more than you actually think you do. Once you yeah. think about all the all, all the things that you can do. And that's so. That's for the CTP. Does the ACT work the same way, or the ACT works the same way, but it's self certification. You don't need to register everything online. You just need to click a button and say, yes, yes, I, I have done all the things I need to do, but they do an audit and they pick uh, a couple of people every year to check that you actually did it. Uh, now I'm reassured. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Makes lots of sense. Yeah. Maybe to, to finish on, on this one, Chris, and before moving on to, because I really want to touch upon the, the cost parts, because there mm-hmm. seems to be very interesting things to talk about. What's. What kind of commitments does each treasury certification require exactly? And I'm thinking time, study, examinations, you need to go in an exam center. What are you getting into when you say, okay, I want to study for a, tra- for a treasury certification and pass the exam? It depends on the type of certification, of course. Once we go for the basic one of the ACT, for example, this, this normally can be done within three months. If mm-hmm. your knowledge is quite good, it's normally three to six months. I know people that have done it in one month. I know people who've done it in six, but... The basic ones are probably around that, three to six. Yeah. Uh, if you look at bigger ones, um, it's, it's a bit more. Yeah. Um, if we look at the CTP, for example, the CTP, according to the, to the AFP themselves, it takes about six to 12 months. And I think that's a fair one for, for the CTP. Yeah. Because that's the one most people will be interested in uh, for the AMCT which is a lot bigger, a lot more topics, a lot more units. This is about um, a year and a year and a half, 12 to 18 months for the AMCT. Wow. Okay. And so when you say one to three months, six to 12 months, one year and a mm-hmm. half, this is assuming what, like what hour of study a day, 10 hours of study a week, what, what kind of time commitment are we it, looking into? It depends. Um, see. The reason why it's 12 to 18, it really depends on how much you can put in. Yeah? And you can put it longer. For, for some of them, there's no timeline. For the CTP, you have two years to do your exam after you pay. You know? So you have two years to do it, really. It really depends on how much time can you put in. But if you do CTP, if you do AMCT, these are big ones, especially the AMCT. It's a, a four separate units. It, it will take at least a Saturday a week. Let's put it that way. Mm. 
And the exam it's a exam. real commitment. It's a real yeah. commitment. Let's focus on the two big ones. I think that's the most important one. Yep. The CTP, you go to a, a exam center in your city close to you. It's a number of multiple choice questions. So it's one exam, 210 minutes. Yeah. Wow. 170 multiple choice questions. That goes fast. Yeah. One exam, 210 minutes. So how many hours is that? Three, four hours? Yeah, two so, hours. A bit more. Three yeah. in the house. And yeah, 170 multiple choice questions. So barely more than the minutes per question. More or less, yes. Yes. And some of the questions you, you will do in 10 seconds. Some questions might take you three minutes because you need to do a calculation. It's pretty intense, yeah. Very cool. For the AMCT? Yeah, if we want to if if we want to go there, the AMCT is. I'm just, I'm just getting my details up here, so I can give you the exact information. I love when it's live like this. That's perfect. <laughs> this um, the exams are now taken from your home. Yeah, that's very good. You can do it behind your own laptop, your own computer. You need to have your webcam on. You need to have your mic on, um, and have some AI. Everything's AI these days, right? There's some AI in the background, a robot checking what you do to make sure that you don't have a book laying on your lap or you're not uh, texting with somebody for answers and they will know whether there's any odd things happening in the background. Um, um, to, yes. Um, and basically, the AMCT is um, a 45 units and every unit has an exam. Yeah, so it's not like you take one exam and you pass. That's really, you need, you need to take the four exams. And there's one exam per unit, and then there is a one exam per unit. Every unit has uh, 180 minutes of so three hours, okay. right? And there's also a pre-seen case study. Yeah. So the ACT actually gives you a case study before the exam that okay. you can analyze. Yeah, and then the questions come in the exam. Very nice, really cool. That's it's actually. very cool, but it's a very difficult case study. Yes, it's just very good. <laughs> and then in the exam itself, there will be another two small case studies, scenario-based questions in the exam as well. Very helpful. And so this one, sorry, the total length of the MCT one is how, how long? Four exams of 180 minutes. Okay. Amazing. 